Welcome to the Independent Advisors Podcast, where we dive into the world of stocks, tradable markets, and financial planning with Jessup Wealth Management's Chief Investment Officer, Mark McEvely, and CEO, Matt Jessup. You'll hear tips, tricks, and strategies to address your financial well-being, and most importantly, conveyed in a way that everyone can understand. Here are your hosts, Mark and Matt. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Independent Advisors Podcast, where Matt Jessup and I, Mark McEvely, bring you into our world of financial markets and financial planning. So good afternoon, Matt. Good afternoon, Mark. How you doing, buddy? Good, good. Excited for today's show because we are going to deviate from our normal schedule a little bit. So for today, you know, each employee that joins the team at Jessup Wealth Management we record an employee spotlight with them, right? So this helps clients and followers get to know a little bit more about each team member. And we have never done a employee spotlight on ourselves. So, you know, I think it's going to be really interesting and fun to do to dedicate a podcast uh, to one another for listeners to have a chance to get to know us a little better, both professionally and personally. I'm intrigued. So in this episode, um, I'm going to be interviewing my friend, business partner and CEO of Jessup Wealth Management, Matthew Jessup with a round of 20 questions. So some of these are gonna be some serious questions and some are gonna be just plain fun. And I haven't seen these. I have not seen these questions. I haven't even read the questions yet. So There's um, no biases, no predetermined answers. Yeah, it's gonna be all off the cuff. Raw, here we go. Let let the games begin, so to speak. Uh, Question number one, who do you look, look up to the most and what qualities do you love about that person? Oh my gosh. Are you serious? You're We're just gonna, gonna get deep here. You're just gonna go right into it. We're gonna get deep. Okay, you're just pulling the band-aid. Holy smokes. Uh, this is a tough one for me, and um, I'm gonna tell you why it's tough. You know, I, I hold myself to a really, really high uh, bar in all aspects of my life, and it's challenging at times for me. Um, so obviously I immediately want to start thinking about, you know, people in our industry, right? And so the person that comes to mind immediately, I would say is, uh, one of the principals at Commonwealth, John Rooney, you know, I hold him to extremely high, high regard. Um, guy knows the industry inside and out, you know, he's been pivotal in, in building, you know, Commonwealth into partly what it is today. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he did it on his own by any means. And you, do you want to briefly just explain to listeners who Commonwealth is? Yeah, so uh, Commonwealth is the nation's largest independent broker dealer. And so um, we, us, we affiliate ourselves through Commonwealth um, and they take care of uh, all of our compliance, the platform, stuff behind the scenes that clients don't see per se. And so um, he's just somebody I just I hold to a very high regard, someone I can um, I can call and and everyone has mentors, quote unquote, behind the scenes. And so, you know, off the cuff, I'd say uh, it'd be John Rooney in our industry. Okay. Describe your perfect day. (laughs) I could probably say this for you, but go ahead. Um, I have to give you two versions of this. I have to give you one that involves work and one that doesn't. Perfect. Okay. So, uh, perfect day with work is, you know, I get up, Louie comes to work with me every morning, stop by Starbucks, get my Starbucks. And I'm not compensated for that, by the way, Starbucks, (laughs) if you're interested, call me, we'll talk, um, come into the office, you know, market research, um, one or two appointments in the morning with a client, 
lunch with my wife and kids, come back, work till four, work out, then go home. That is my absolute perfect day involving work. And if it were not here, I would want to be in, uh, in wine country. I love going to wine country or someplace that has a beach. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> what is your biggest fear in life? Um, it all has to do with the, the, the markets. So my biggest fear in life is, um, is bear markets. You know, I, I judge bear markets in length of like dogs. So when I got Louie, I looked at Rachel. I'm like, eh, he'll be with me for three bear markets. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That is funny. Yeah. They're not, <clears throat> you know, they're not fun for everybody, anybody. They're not fun for clients. They're not fun for advisors. Um, just a tough you know, environment to work through. So yeah, I would say I that probably, the, probably could have guessed that as well. Yeah. I love this. <laughs> Number four. I'm like scared from now, Jedi, for these questions coming. <laughs> They're going to keep coming. What's been your most embarrassing moment of your life? All right. So I'm going to share this and I know somebody's going to email me on this. So I was getting started in the industry. I was working really hard on growing my client base. And this is in the mid 2000s. I remember the year it was 2005 and I was doing a lot of cold calling and cold walking and the version people know cold calling, right? But cold walking is when you literally will walk residential areas or businesses, knock on the door, go in and, you know, try to get your foot in the door to get a meeting. Right. So, um, I got a meeting via cold calling at this, uh, business in Kettering. Okay. And I wanted to go after their 401k. And it was, uh, it was a medical company. I won't say the company name. And, um, you know, I, I'm really young at this time. Um, I got fully licensed in 2004. So I was just a year from having my license. Uh, I had been in the industry for five years at that point. Go in, I have my, my first meeting where I'm, I'm fact-finding. You know, I had my meeting at the beginning part where this is who I am, this is what I do. Now I'm getting down to the nuts and bolts of, of their 401k plan and who it's with. And she's trying to think, this, this office administrator, this, this individual, she's trying to think of the name of who the accounting firm is on the 401k. And she's thinking, she's thinking, and she goes, it's something Duncan. Duncan, and I can't believe I said it, Mark. You didn't say Duncan Donuts, did you? I said Duncan Hines. <laughs> <laughs> Not as bad as Dunkin' Donuts, but pretty close. <laughs> Let's say I never got back in the door with that firm. Really? And it turns out later, I, I met my wife, Rachel, started going to her church. And the principal, it, it's Duncan Lewis Thornton, or one of the two. But the Duncan, the gentleman, goes now to my church. He's the mayor of Oakwood. But I didn't know him at the time. I didn't know their CPA firm. You're just a youngin. I was a youngin, and I said Duncan Hines. And the minute I saw a look on her face, I knew I completely just torpedoed myself. <laughs> so you didn't get a call back after that. I didn't. She wouldn't answer my call after that. So I did not get that 401k plan. That's my most embarrassing moment in the industry. Well, I'm sure it was the one and only. Uh, I haven't made many mistakes like that ever, ever <laughs> since. That kind of just sticks with you. Right, right. Can't believe I shared that in the public. So, kind of going to the flip side of that, what's your all-time favorite memory? You might make some 
ruffle some feathers with this one, depending on what your answer is. So <laughs> answer carefully here. Uh, um, I would say, I would say my best memory work-wise is when you and I were traveling together and we broke 250 million of AUM. Yeah, that was cool. That 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 cool. for me is still um, a memory I will never forget. I remember um, uh, you and I had some travel issues. Surprise, surprise. Right, right. And you and I got stuck in Charlotte, and um, we got in really late. So I want to say we uh, we didn't get to bed till like midnight. Mm-hmm. And um, we got the first flight out the next morning, and so literally we could only sleep for like five hours. So we got a room, you and I shared a room, two beds, and I remember waking up the next morning, the first thing I did is we felt that we were gonna be over that AUM the night before, but to see it solidified in the system, and that was, was last June, that yeah. was super, super surreal. And I think that's my, my best memory of this. Yeah, that's, that, was, that, was, that was really cool. That was a really cool moment, because we were, yeah, you know, we were disheveled from having travel issues and trying to find food getting into Charlotte at like 11 o'clock at night. And, During COVID. Right, but, that was, COVID. Uh, but that, was, that was a good way to start the next couple of days. Oh, my gosh, was, super cool, super, super surreal. I mean, you just have these, these certain goals that you always want to obtain, and, you know, uh, I know the next big nut for you and me is, is $500 million, but getting over that 250 was it's so far, I would say, the special moment for me. Okay. What about a personal favorite memory? Um, uh, not to be stereotypical or cheesy. Uh, obviously, it would be um, when I got married to Rachel. Uh, that was a very special day back in August of 2009. Um, and I would have to say birth of the three kids. And they each were different. They each had their different nuances. Um, but... You know, it's, it's tough to kind of intermix those four events. But if I had to, I would obviously pick the day I married Rachel. Right. And that makes sense. I mean, it might sound cliche, yeah. but if you're a family man, you know, obviously your wife and your kids are the most important things to you. So it would be pretty obvious that those are the, you know, your favorite memories of, Absolutely. of life. Absolutely. Um, number six, when have you felt the proudest? Oh, Ooh, that's a tough one. I never thought of these things before, Mark. You don't have enough time to think about these things. I know. I got to give you an answer. Wow. Um, You know, for me, I would say industry-wise, it's when a client is able to retire before they think they're able to to do so. Yeah, it's a good one. And we have several instances of that, you know, over the years. And um, there's one very recent where um, this individual, and I can't go too in-depth on the podcast here, but... This individual was thinking they weren't able to retire at this point in their life, and they and they were. And then just to see the transition and the impact on their life, it's extremely rewarding. Yeah, I think that's the most, I would agree with you, that's probably the most gratifying thing about our job, because I think most people come to an advisor thinking that, you know, their finances are in shambles, but most of the time, they think it's worse than it really is. Absolutely. And it's just nice to provide that good news to them, especially when they're thinking it's going to be the worst possible outcome and you make their day, their week or their month by telling them that, hey, no, you guys are on track or you're ahead of track. Right. Yeah. And I I think, you know, a subsection of that also makes me proud is um, how you and I treat our team, how we treat our staff. You know, we, we, we have such a unique office environment 
that, you know, um, I know exactly what life is like in our industry outside these doors. And I'm not here to paint a negative picture of our industry at all. I just know that we, we treat our staff, I think, a lot better than most. And I'm proud of that. Yeah, that's great. What's one thing most people don't know about you? Ooh, wow. Wow. Deepest, um, darkest secret about Matt Jessup. All right. Most people know that uh, I like wine. Mm-hmm. That's, um, that's out there. People know my whole family's aviation but me, so they know I like planes and aviation. So mm-hmm. I think that's kind of out there. Hmm. I'm trying to think of a flyer here that someone would not know. I got one. This will be a flyer. So um, my oldest, Rowan, has convinced me to uh, play Fortnite with him. So I am trying to get my skill set to, like, keep up with him and make him proud. Yeah. I'm usually a liability for him (laughs) when he wants me to play. I think that's normal for dads to be a liability (laughs) to their sons with video games. I think that's... I try. When I was growing up, obviously there was video games, but not to the extent of, like, multiplayer online play. And, you know, I just... You go outside and play in the yard. (laughs) Yeah, I don't have the skill set yet. I'm trying. I'm getting better. But um, I guess you can call that also surreal that I'm seeing my son master something so easily. Yeah. And for me, it's hard. Yeah. That's very surreal. Yeah. That's, That's a good one. That's a really good one. What's your top bucket list travel destination? I like that. Um, hmm. I think this is a random one I threw out to you once, and I still want to have it on the list for me. I, uh, I want to get, you know, a really nice sports car, rent it, and I want to drive around like Sicily or Italy or something like that and mm-hmm. go to Tuscany. I love wine, so I want to go to Tuscany. That'd be really it's cool. It's definitely on the, on the bucket list. It's pretty high for me. Good. Well, that's awesome. Well, hopefully here when travel opens up again overseas that you'll be able to we can put it in the list and knock yeah we'll put it on the list and try to knock it out make it a special it. occasion why did you decide to get into finance it's all my earliest thoughts is um i wanted to get into stocks you know back then you know um you know a broker or a stock broker was what i wanted to be at the time and um, I remember that I would assist my my mom's dad. So my grandfather, he um, he was a sheet metal worker, but it was a great saver. And um, he invested in stocks. And I would spend summers with uh, them in St. Louis, where they lived. And I was there for multiple months. And you know, the topic came up. I got interested in stocks, and that's all I wanted to do. And um, I still remember the first stock that I had him buy. And I remember the first stock that I bought back in the day. And I've never told you this. No, this is something that I do not know about Matthew Jessup. So you got to understand where I was at the time. Okay. So the first stock I had him get was Apache Energy. Okay. Okay. And I think they are now a part of Exxon with the evolution of okay. like mergers and yep. stuff. And then you're not going to believe this. And well, going back on that for a second, that's surprising for how much you don't like energy. Right now. <laughs> There's a reason for that. It's amazing how, how times change. There's a reason for that. You get burned enough at the stove. You don't yeah. go back. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and if you do, you're really cautious. You got those mittens on, baby. Like You're ready <laughs> yeah. for it. 
Um, so the first stock I bought, this is not a cliche, and this is 100% honest, and I should have held on to it. First stock I ever bought was Amazon. Really? Yes. When did you sell it? Um, like six months later. But this was at the late 90s when things were just going bonkers, dude. Right. Bonkers. My right. first stock I ever bought was Amazon. And I want to say, don't hold me to this. I want to say it was 197 a share. Oh, man. Back then. And just for listeners, it's up around $3,400, $3,500 a share now. Oh, yeah. It, w- it would have been a multi-banger. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's what that just goes to show you that, every, you know, we're human, too. You know, you can't people think, you know, they can there's people out there that can time this stuff. And to a certain extent, there are very few that I think that can. But it is really, really hard to just ride something up and down for, you know, two, three decades. Right. Well, yeah. We got to remember back then, Amazon only sold one thing. Books. Books. Take that in for a second. I'm not saying you don't buy books off of Amazon. I bought a book recently, but that's probably what less than a half a percent of their business. I, I'm right. I'm speculating, of mm-hmm. course, but it's like just imagine back then that's all Amazon was, and what was happening back then is there was all these anything that had a dot com at the end of it was booming, and I don't care what it was, and all these companies had no cash, horrible balance sheets, bleeding money left and right. It's a completely different environment. That's, that's so. At crazy. the time, I there, you know there there had no clue that Amazon was going to turn into what it is the today. behemoth it is today. Yeah, it was yeah. crazy. Number ten. If you could only listen to one singer or band for the rest of your life, who would you choose? I okay. I know the answer to this. So one too. I will give you a definitive answer on this, but I'm gonna deviate just for a quick second. Okay. So. If you would have asked me this question a decade ago, I would have said Dave Matthews Band. That's what I was going to say. Okay. And Dave Matthews is really high up there for me. This this might be a little bit of a fad for me, but in the last six months, I'm really hooked to Jack Johnson. Really? Yeah. Okay. Just the whole vibe. You know, we work in a very high-stress uh Profession. He's very relaxing. Very relaxing. Very good on my mental health, let's say. Yeah. So I'd say, I'd have to say Jack Johnson. Okay. For the future me, but you, the old you, me would you've definitely. You've never been to a Jack Johnson concert yet, have you? No, he doesn't do a lot of them anymore. Right. I kind of did some research. If he does them, he just donates all the um, the profits to charity. And I think he resides in Hawaii, and so he pretty much just does things close, I think, to his neck of the woods. Yeah. So and I know you've seen Dave in concert several I've seen times. Seen Dave a lot. I'm gonna try to see him this year. He's touring again, and is he? Yeah. Oh, nice. Uh, Aaron and I were coming back for an appointment last night, and we're listening to some Dave in the car. And Aaron's like, "How old is he?" And this is the exact words out of my mouth. I'm like, "He's got to be like 53 or 54." Then I looked at him and I go, "Will you give me a range? Will you give me 53 to 54?" He's like, "I'll give that to you." Looked it up. He's 54. Really. Nailed so he it, is. Baby. He is one of your favorites. Then nailed you know, it. You know him. I know. I mean, I I really appreciate his stuff from the '90s and the 2000s. Not to say I don't like his newer stuff, mm-hmm. but I just it takes me back to that time. Right. Yeah. That's that's exactly what music does to you. It reminds you of you know where you were, what you were doing at that point in your life when you were listening to that, and it sticks with you. Yeah, I think part of the thing with Jack Johnson with me now is just um, you know there's been years and years of of, of building this business into what it is today. And, you know, Jack Johnson is just a part of kind of this 
this next kind of chapter of my life, which is, you know, I'm, it's just a different place than I was in a decade ago. Yeah. That's the best way to say it. Yeah. I think I know the answer to this one, too. What's your favorite way to exercise? Peloton bike, baby. Peloton bike all the way. And for any listeners out there that, you know, have heard about a Peloton, they're thinking about doing it. My gosh, um, we have the Peloton bike, the, the cycle, and we do have the uh, the, the tread. Um, and I, I mean, I just I love the bike. You know, I love the instructors. I love the platform. I love what it does for, you know, my physical and mental health. Big fan. Who's your favorite instructor? Um, I have to give you two answers. What I would have said a year ago and what I'll say now. What I would have said a year ago is Robin. Mm-hmm. And what I'll say now is Kendall. Nice. Change and evolve over time. Happens. Yeah. Well, Robin also just had a baby, too, so she yeah, hasn't she, doing she's, it as many yeah, she's classes. she's not heavy in the rotation, per yeah. se. So maybe she'll bump back up your leaderboard here she might. eventually. She might. Who knows? She might listen to this someday and get mad at me because I didn't pick her. <laughs> if you had to describe yourself in only three words, what would you choose? This is a tough one. Loyal. Okay. Dedicated. Loving. I would say that's pretty good. Loyal, dedicated, and loving. Yeah. I would agree with you there. I don't, you think? You can get, I don't know if you can you do any better. You know me better. I don't know Rachel, if you can do you any be, better than that. Yeah. You know me pretty well. What's your uh, the, your favorite thing about your job and your least favorite thing about your job? <laughs> uh, least favorite thing about my job is compliance stuff. Stuff's just not fun. Yeah, I agree with that. It's a necessary evil. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I would say compliance. Um, though we've really simplified our lives now that we're just fiduciaries and we dropped our Series 7. We did. But um, I would say the thing I enjoy most, talking investments with you, I would say is the most enjoyable aspect of the job. Yeah, I would say the same thing. You know, it's, it, uh, you know we, we, have, uh, we have a very huge responsibility on our shoulders. And, you know, as that torch, uh, quote unquote, for the day-to-day decisions, you know, as it gets passed over to you, still kind of you know, giving you my, my two cents and then letting you make the ultimate decision. I mean, it's, I just enjoy that stuff. I don't think there is anything more productive in the world than Matthew Jessup and Mark McEvely having a glass of wine, talking about investments. Oh my gosh. Very productive. All right. Future podcast is going to be that. <laughs> I love that. It'd be a compliance nightmare, but it would be so much fun. And I think the other thing too is, you know, you and I are blessed from the standpoint of, I think we're in the minority that we can say we truly love getting out of bed in the morning and coming to work every day. And there's a lot of people that don't have that. They don't. Um, And it just makes your life so much better when you enjoy working with the people that you work with and you enjoy your day-to-day tasks. Oh, yeah. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Um, When I go home at night, I have dinner, you know, I'm, I'm giving the kids a bath. And after that, I'm checking research. And it's not because I have to. It's because I want, want to. to. Yeah. Right. And it could be existing names that we own. It could be names that are on my watch list or, or, or you know, my desire list. You know, um, I just I love the nitty and the gritty of getting into these 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 names that we own. Uh, big macro um, you know, things about what's going on with the market and where it's going. And 
I just, I, I love digesting this. I love bouncing things off of you. I mean, I would say that's obviously the most enjoyable aspect of this job. Yeah, yeah, I would have to agree with you. If you can only eat one thing for the rest of your life, what would you choose? Oh my gosh. Before I answer, do you think you could answer for me on this? I think so. I think, uh, yeah, I think I could. Are we talking for like a dinner meal? Can we just say dinner? Anything. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, snack. I don't think it, I don't think my answer is going to sound very healthy to people. Doesn't matter. Filet, baby. Yeah. I, I was going to say filet. I love a good filet. Yeah. So listeners, you know, when Mark and I go out, nice restaurant, what do I tell them exactly what I would order right now with you? Medium rare filet Pittsburgh style, which is crusted on the outside. Love that. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And a big, bold California cab. That's right. <laughs> Last dinner, I would I would be very similar, by the way. If you were, this is a really good one. If you were an animal, what would you be and why? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness gracious. Um, I'm thinking I'd be my dog, Louie. He's got the life. That's a good, that's a good. He's got answer. the life. And I don't know who emotionally supports who. Him or me. Vice versa. I think it goes back and forth. It does go back and forth. He goes everywhere with me that I can get away with it. Heck, I brought him into a, uh, I had to go get some money, physical currency out of the bank. And I brought him into the bank. Why not? What are they going to say? I'm sure they loved it. <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah, I wasn't sure if you were going to go uh, nice, loving, fluffy animal or predator, you know lion or shark lions and tigers <laughs> <laughs> that was good that was good um what's one thing that you would tell someone just starting out on their financial journey um i think this is true for finances and i think this is true for someone's career path you want to make the sacrifices when you're younger make more sacrifices when you're younger and I definitely took that path. You know, uh, when I was in my 20s and, you know, all my friends would, you know, go out, you know, a lot at night, especially on the weekends, I wasn't doing that. And if I did, I'd show up really, really late because I was working. And um, I made a lot of financial sacrifice of, of reinvesting into the business constantly. And, you know, at the times, those are hard decisions. And then you reach a point where you start to get impatient but I would say whether it's finances or a career, make the hard decision of sacrificing early. Yeah. And that was, and this was, we got this from uh, a tweet from a guy that said, I turned 25 today, face screaming in fear. For those who are older, what's one piece of advice, financial or otherwise, you'd give someone at this age? Yeah. Another thing I'd say to a 25 year old is, you know, small, consistent, uh, positive choices will eventually compound into a good one. Yeah. You know, I think that we're in the we're in life now where everybody wants it yesterday, right? And you know, it takes time to build stuff up. It, it and you know, you just can't you know get out of college and all of a sudden you know have a family, full fledged family, a house, a full fledged career, etc. You know, it takes time and sacrifice to to make that stuff happen. Right. And right. I think small, consistent steps where it's systematic saving. Or consistently trying to, you know, work on that next, um, you know, degree or certification, all that stuff, all those steps 
most likely have to be taken. There's very few shortcuts in life. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And, and one of the responses that I you know pointed out or wrote down was one of the guys said, I'm only 26, but the biggest regret I have is not starting sooner. So even in that period from 20 to 26, that's six years. And a lot of things can compound in life over six years. Yeah, I mean, the other thing that comes to mind is, you know, before um, we were independent, I worked at a wirehouse. I worked at a, at a major firm, I worked at UBS. And, you know, the thing I always said to myself is, um, you know, I wish I went independent sooner. And um, just for the flexibility of just what we have in our industry. Um, so that's another thing where it's like, you know, you'd make decisions like that in life and you look back, you're like, wow, I should have done that sooner. Yeah. There was another response that, um, this person said health is wealth. And I know that you've embraced that more in the past few years than, you know, previously in your career. Absolutely. I mean, one thing that, and I'm not advocating this to listeners, Mark, um, you'll know that one thing that I definitely uh, sacrificed was I would say my, my personal health for many years, you know, um, you know, keeping a, a business growing um, in spite of having, you know, literally multiple newborns at given times and, and keeping everything going with little sleep is challenging. And when you're on the go so much, eating poorly, right? And so, you know, making those conscious decisions to eat better, value sleep, um, when you just um, start working out more consistently, another plug for Peloton, you know, so it's, you know, all those things I'm, I'm trying to be more conscious about self-care, which then just really benefits all those around me and our clients. Okay. What is your biggest pet peeve? <laughs> um, being late. Being late. Yeah. You know, for me, um, there are times when I'm late and, in my view, it was just unavoidable, but I am rarely late. And for whatever reason, I take being late. Uh, I don't know. It just really rubs me wrong. I don't know why. Yeah, I'm the same way. I'm the same way. It's interesting because my twin brother is the opposite. He's very not late all the time, but just very easygoing and relaxing. And I'm like very punctual. And if you ask my wife, she'll tell you the same thing. If we have to be somewhere at two, we're there at one forty-five. Yeah. Right. You know, cause you're thinking ahead, like you're planning the steps. You and I are planners. We're thinking, okay, these are the steps I have to make. This is the timeline. I this have is to what be I can run into. We're, 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 we're doing the best we can to anticipate things that might come up, i.e. traffic. And um, uh, my wife has gotten a lot better over the years. I don't want to throw her under the bus on this. But right now, when she ever when she does listen to this podcast, she's probably going to be giggling and wondering what the next words are about to come out of my mouth. <laughs> but uh, she, let's just say she's gotten better. But she definitely has her times where she definitely pokes the bear. Yeah, for sure. For sure. If you could have one superpower, what would you choose? It's going to be a cliche. <laughs> Jetta's laughing. Ugh, it's going to be cliche-ish, but uh, for me, it's um, knowing the future. Knowing the future. See, that's a tough one for me because it would be selectively knowing the future for me. Like, if, comes, I could, if I could predict where, you know, a certain stock's going to be in 10 years down the road, that would be great. But I don't know if I want to know, like, 
what's next in life or know everything that's going to happen because you're going to have positive things. You're going to have negative things. Good point. Right. And do you want to know all the negative things that are going to happen? Because then you're counting down the time to that point. Or do you try to change that and mitigate that from happening? But is that possible? Mm, I didn't see I'm getting these questions on the fly. I, um, I haven't given this much consideration, obviously. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, I guess I can't go with that one because that doesn't sound appealing. <laughs> I'm not trying to, t- to change it. I'm just having an open conversation about it because I would probably say the same thing. But then if I think about it, I'm like, do I really want to know when or how my life ends? Or do I really want to know? Well, I ha- all right. I have a zinger for you. Okay. What if you could go back only at one point, 10 years, and you could only write down 20 words on a piece of paper, a mixture of 20 words that you could give to yourself 10 years ago. Imagine something like that. Yeah, that would be interesting too. To think you could only put 20 words, write down where you think you'll be in 20 years and see how different or that turns out. These things you need to be aware of type of thing, right? What warning signs or opportunities would you only whittle it down to so many things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Have you ever seen a psychic before? No, no, I haven't either. I think there's one. I think there's one in Oakwood that I was talking to a family friend about that they have, they've seen before. But I don't know. I'm too freaked out to go. It's, I don't know if I believe in it, if I don't believe in it. But if they tell me something that I don't want to know, then I'm be freaking out. <laughs> and then you'd be constantly thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that would be that would be interesting. Or maybe time travel. I don't know. That'd be pretty freaky. That'd be very. That'd freaky. be very freaky. Um, there's one more here and then I have another one to ask you as well. Um, what was the inspiration to start the independent advisors podcast and why should people listen? You know, I think for us, it's to cut through all the noise and the jargon and deliver very plain, simply, this is what we see going on in the market. This, these are things that we are paying attention to that interest us that we think you might want to pay some attention to. And then I think at the end, obviously, we do the financial planning topic. We want to spread and share some of our knowledge. And we want to do it in a condensed fashion that is consistent. And in a way that if someone doesn't listen to four episodes, they listen to that fifth one, they could pick up right where they left off. So I think it's for us just having a simplified format where we can clearly communicate, this is what we're seeing in the markets and why, and educate people. For me, that's what I'm getting out of it. What about you? Yeah, no, I think that um, you're not the interviewer here. I'm the interviewer. <laughs> I get to ask the questions around here. Um, no, I no, I, I, I agree. It's like what we talked about earlier. Like me and you just like love this stuff. So we were at the end of the day, we were like, why don't we just turn a mic on and just see how this goes? Yeah, so I we talk I, about this stuff when the mics are off all the time. Absolutely. I mean. You know, I just remember, you know, so many times we would be communicating with, you know, uh, clients about the same thing over and over again. And it's like, let's just turn the mics on and communicate this. Right. Yeah. And, you know, how many times are you with a client and they say, so, you know, what things are you watching right now? What are you seeing in the market? Right. And, you know, that's very an objective, very open ended question. And I think when we do this once a week for 30, 40 minutes and we're really uh, conveying very clearly what we're thinking. And I think it's very beneficial for our clients. Yeah, I do too. I do too. Last question off script here. 
I know it's a very popular topic right now. Uh oh, is he so gonna poke I, the bear here, Jenna? I wanna wanna get your opinion on this. Do you believe in aliens? Yes. Why? Uh, because the government's starting to come out about it, which means they can't keep a lid on it much longer. My my two cents. Everything's orchestrated, and so for them to release all these videos, there's a lot more they're probably not telling us. So uh, yeah, I definitely think there is. Do you think they're friendly or harmful? Don't know yet, but I would say that they've been friendly so far. Or we don't know it. Right. That's a good point. That's a really good point. But my guess is that they're they're so advanced that we are just so primitive. Uh, that's just my guess. Right. It's like us looking back on, you know, humans in the 16 or 1700s. Yeah. Or even worse. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really think that's the case. Hmm. Controversial. Very controversial. Oh, I do have one more question for you. Oh, boy. Are you a conspiracy theorist? Do you believe in conspiracy theories? Certain ones I do. Okay. So if you do, what's the one that you're like, 100% happened, 100% true? Um, I would say, and this might not be a popular view, but I would definitely say that um, I just I feel that 9-11 government had to be some there had to be some involvement there it just doesn't mm -hmm. go off like that without some sort of inside just okay. too many things lined yeah. up there yeah the other thing is i do think they have like spacecraft out at area 51 i'll throw that out there too okay okay there's been some really good like joe rogan podcast where he's had guests on about that and then there's netflix got documentaries about it and stuff like that yeah and the the theory is that there's uh, craft and alien bodies right here at Wright Pat. I've Air heard Force that. Base. I've heard that. And, they, and if you Google, there's a here, you, you'll interest this. There's a there's a couple of videos on Google about some some things hovering over Wright Pat. Really? Yeah. I just want to see one. Like you see all the videos and everything about it, but I'd like to just I like to see one and be like, okay, that definitely looks a little wonky. That's something I've never seen before, right? Again, you know, I, my whole theory is, and you know, the Pentagon releases this stuff on Christmas Eve. Okay, you know, I get it why they, but with them releasing more and more videos of it, that means they're having a they're having an issue keeping a lid on this, or they wouldn't release them. Yeah, interesting. Okay. All right, everybody. Well, I think that does it for the spotlight with CEO of Jessup Wealth Management, Matthew Jessup. You just tore the lid off this one, man. Yeah, that was fun. That was fun just to get to know a little bit more about you personally and oh, I professionally. Can't, I can't wait, Jenna, to, to do the reverse on this one. Yeah, I'm scared about that. Oh, yeah. I'm very scared about that. It's going to be good. I, uh, I hope hope you uh, you all enjoyed that. And if you have any questions for Matt, feel free to uh, tag us on social media or send us an email. Um, and we'll be sure to get those questions answered for you if there's something that you want to know about Matt. I'm sure my inbox is going to be juicy now. It will be. It will be. <laughs> Hi, everybody. We'll be back with you next week on the Independent Advisors Podcast. Hope you all have a safe and healthy rest of the week. Take care, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Independent Advisors Podcast. If you're interested in hearing more, hit the subscribe button so you can be notified every time a new episode gets released. Feel free to share with friends, family, and follow us on Twitter at Jessup Wealth, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Mark and Matt will continue to share beneficial information on these social media sites. Also, check out the podcast tab on their website. That's www.jessupwealthmanagement.com. There you'll find links to every episode of the Independent Advisors 
advisors. Have questions or topics you want to discuss on the show? Message us on Twitter, LinkedIn, or send an email with the words questions and topics in the subject line to inquiries at jessupwealthmanagement.com. We'll talk about it right here on the podcast. Certain sections of this commentary may contain forward-looking statements based on reasonable expectations, estimates, projections, and assumptions. Forward-looking statements are not guarantees of future performance and involve certain risks and uncertainties, which are difficult to predict. All indices are unmanaged and are not available for direct investment by the public. Past performance is not indicative of future results. This podcast is provided for general informational purposes only and does not constitute either tax, legal, or financial advice. Although we do go to great lengths to make sure our information is accurate and useful, we recommend you consult a tax preparer, professional tax advisor, financial advisor, or lawyer regarding your specific circumstances. Investing involves risk, including the loss of principal. No strategy can guarantee any objective or goal will be achieved. Advisory services offered through Commonwealth Financial Network, a registered investment advisor.